Kumite Radio is brought to you by Supplement Warfare. Visit their website, supplementwarfare.com.au for the best quality supplements on the planet. Use coupon code Kumite Radio at checkout to get 10% off of all orders. If you're trying to get sexy for the summer, if you're just trying to flex on fools, visit supplementwarfare.com.au for the best supplements in the world. Use coupon code Kumite Radio at checkout to get 10% off and support the podcast. Joining me right now on Kumite Radio is Amr Mahir. He is the Predator Fight Series featherweight champion. What's going on, Amr? Oh, man. It's good. Finally, man. Finally, we get it done, man. I'm so happy to be here. Me too, man. I'm finally happy to get you on. You grew up in Egypt. What was it like, you know, as a little kid in Northern Africa? Yeah, man, you don't want to be there, you know, in first place, you know, I I was a normal kid, you know, I was a school geek growing up, you know, all I care about is my studies, you know, it's in when you grow up in these parts, you're like some kind of parent oriented, you're like directed by your parents and, and you don't make your own choices, basically. So I was like, just like following the rules. I wasn't bad, you know, until I got to high school and, uh, my uh, parents got some kind of uh, like family issues. So I got like mixed up with the wrong crowd and yeah, you know how this story goes and shit, but yeah, I had, um, I got my shit done before going into college. So my bad period wasn't that long, thankfully. As a young kid, you had a serious illness. Could you talk about what you suffered from? Yeah, so basically it's some kind of uh, failure in uh, in the in the in, in hormonal levels. You know, it's like fluctuant hormonal levels. My testosterone like dropped to zero all of a sudden. Nobody knew what happened, and uh, and the basic diagnosis is just like some kind of testicular failure, which is like some sort of cancer, you know? And uh, yeah, I spent about three years going in and out of the hospital. Like I lost a lot of weight and uh, I think I dropped down to like 47 kilos, something like that, which is crazy if you think about it when it comes to my height because I'm, I'm a tall guy. And yeah, but, and nobody, up till this point, know what happened, you know. So I went into surgery, got this done, and got out of that. But unfortunately, when I uh, when I like cleared this issue up, I just like you know when you go into a long period of illnesses, you just like lose confidence in your body. You know, I I was so weak, I couldn't do anything. Like even for me to get out of bed and go to shower was like a challenge. So. I went into deep, deep period of depression. And to be honest, the physical illness is not a challenge if you compare it to the mental illness. And the mental illness like took a lot of me, you know. And I had to fight that depression. And one of the one of the doctors, you know, that I was working with in back in the day, he told me you can't heal in a place that you got sick in first place. So I, uh, I moved to Germany for like a couple of six months, you know, worked an in, in internship and down the road to the, to the institute that I worked 
work at is was like a kickboxing club so i let's try that so yeah this is how it's all started Dusseldorf camp club well before we get into all of your martial arts background i wanted to mm -hmm. kind of jump into uh delve into the the time where you when you were in and out of the hospital you're suffering from this illness you're going through surgery you're you're battling depression was your family there? Who was there for you most to get you through this rough patch? Well, actually, my mom. My mom was a big part of me. Like, um, I don't know, man. It's like I always. It's always hard for me to talk about that because she was part. She was like part of him, you know, like holding my hand through all this process. But. It, it didn't make it easy because you can see in her eyes. My mom is like, she's a sweetheart, man. She, she's, a, she's an artist and she has a doctorate in fine arts. So she's a very delicate person. And I think she suffered more than me in that period, to be honest. Like I could see it in her eyes. Like she was, I was just going through the physical pain of it and I wasn't that aware of what's happening because of all the chemicals going in and outside of my body and uh, sedatives just to keep me there. But she was in agony, man. And yeah, I think, I think she's, she's the only one that's been there for me this, uh, this period, you know, and, uh, and yeah, I don't want to sound shady, but faith was a big part of me pulling out of this, like I had a lot of faith in God. It's just like I wasn't I wasn't destined to die from this, you know. It's maybe like bad karma for for some stuff that I've done, but I know it was like some kind of a lesson that I should learn something from it and move on. But man, when you lose confidence in your body, that's a big thing, bro. Like I don't wish it on my worst enemy. How does your mom feel seeing you now just flying around competing in the hardest sport in the world and succeeding? Bro, she's fucking going nuts. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't tell her usually. My mom is, the, she watched my kickboxing fights. Like, I started kickboxing. I don't know if Jonathan told you that, but I started kickboxing. I was 11 and old, just kickboxing. And I wasn't that good, to be honest. I was just like, I, was, I just was a guy that went through hell. So a kickboxing bout for me was just like a, a walk in the park. So I was like, yeah, let's fight. So back in the day in Egypt, the sport wasn't that big. And uh, I fought 11 guys, which was, they wasn't that good. They crumbled under pressure. And she was there for, for the 11th fight. And suddenly she said, just Amr, I just, I just can't take it, man. I can't watch you fight. And I was like, Mom, I, they didn't even touch me, you know. I wasn't, I wasn't even hurt. And she was like, Nah, but, but for, for me, just to go under that pressure, it's, it's just, just don't tell me when you're fighting. And it turned out like this, man. I just, I told, I tell her I'm fighting next week. She stays on all night this week, calling me. Like it's even worse. Like if you. Like George Tempier talked about that, you know, sometimes your family are your worst enemy, you know, they're just like, you're having dinner and, and you know, they think it's the last dinner or something. They're all like, sit down watching you, you know, are you okay? It's just, it's, 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 it's not, it's a fight. It's just a fight. It's, I'm not going to war guys. Like I, I don't see it that way. It's 
controlled rules. It's not a, it's not a war for me. It's just like, what's the worst that could happen? I, I spent three, three years in a hospital dying. So mm. for me to get knocked out, it's just, a, it's, it's a joke, bro. I don't, I, I don't give a fuck. I walk in there, I just have fun and that's my way. But yeah, she's still freaking out. She's, she's, she's bad luck, man. I, I, I won't have her any, any place near a fight in the future, to be honest. I just tell her, call her after the fight and tell her what's happened, you know. Like I called her last time, I just, mom, I went fine, I won the belt and she was like static. She was over the moon for it, but yeah, she didn't watch the fight till this day. So you, you moved to Germany after going through your illness to recover. Yeah. You joined mm -hmm. this kickboxing club in Dusseldorf and yep. you, you start training. How hard was mm -hmm. it for you to kind of get started with your body not 100%? Man, I suffered a lot through um, through the, which I'm really open to talk about it. Like some people, to this day, you know, I've worked with coaches that they they see it as a weakness. But you know, I'm I'm just like I'm mentally. I know that I don't give a fuck about what my body is going through in, at this moment. I know I'm mentally tough to go through anything. You know, chemically my. The chemicals that I had through all these years and the drug like really destroyed a big parts of my joints. Mm -hmm. So for me, just to to get into the hardcore of the training was I was only training once a day. It wasn't a big deal, and I wasn't training to compete. I was just want to get back in shape. I felt so weak. Uh, I told you like I think when I got out of the hospital and I started dealing with depression and I started getting a little bit better under the medications, to be honest. So I bounced back to about 55 kilos, but still I was weak as shit. Mm. So for me to get back in shape was a struggle, but there was no stress, you know. I wasn't competing or anything. So it, it wasn't that hard, you know. I was doing what I can do. Until like six months into it, I decided, yeah, this is what I want to do in my life. So I quit what I was doing, you know. I was pursuing a double major in pharmacy and biotechnology. So halfway through the biotechnology, I said, fuck it. And, you know, this is not the thing for me. I wasted a lot of my life in, in, in shit that wasn't in my hand, wasn't in my control. So I'm not going to waste the rest of my life doing shit that I hate. So I quit what I was doing. And yeah, I started, I started kickboxing immediately. How long did it take you to finally visit Thailand? Ah, uh, man, it's a long process. In between that, there was an ugly divorce. <laughs> yeah, so I got married, like, very young. Like, after, after I came back to Germany, from Germany, I was like, I got married right away. Uh, she was my uh, university sweetheart. And uh, we got married, and uh, at the age of 20, 21 and a half, about 22, and uh, uh, 2013, I was the first guy to fight in Asia from, from Egypt. So I was making my MMA debut here in Egypt after I got spotted by, by a promoter, uh, Amit Sajapal. Shout out to this guy. He's one of the guys that discovered me like, in my kickboxing career. And he told me that you're fighting MMA. You want to do MMA? And I was like, yeah, I'm intrigued. Let's do it. 
So being an idiot and jumping in the ring without no no ground game, I got my ass kicked in the first round. You know, I I, I got choked out like out. So yeah, so 2013. That's when I met Dylan Fusol for the first time, and I met the team. And the team Team Quest went on a tear that that day. You know, in 2013, all of the fighter got got their wins. Glenn Sparv was was on the team back in the day. The team has a lot of big names, so I was yeah, I want to be part of that team. But uh, I'm for, but be, me being married, I had a lot of responsibilities. I had to work, so I couldn't leave my wife and just come here and 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 stay in Thailand. You know, so yeah, this couldn't come true until unfortunately, like my divorce happened and. Uh, because of this, you know, and uh, and I moved here immediately. I see you want to talk about the divorce. No, no. <laughs> no problem. Whatever you want to talk about, I'm an open book, bro. Maybe maybe in a future interview we could get into all of that. Uh, I want to kind of focus on, you know, when you first got to Team Quest Thailand, you start training. What what made you want to stay there? You know, I know that you said you saw the whole team win that night, but it must you there must have been more to that. There must have been more when you got there. Yeah, I got there uh, last year as a full time, and I got my ass kicked, man. It's like it was my first, which is like being I'm not I'm not that young, you know, so. To, for me to go through three training sessions a day uh, in a pro team was 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 a lot for me to process, but it was a challenge, man. And I don't back down from challenges. I uh, Dylan was Dylan is the kind of coach that he doesn't give a shit. You know, <laughs> he's not the kind of coach who's gonna pat you on the back and say everything is gonna be all right. If you're in that room with Dylan, he's gonna kick your ass. He's gonna make sure it's a miserable training session for you. So every day was miserable, you know, for the first month. Well, I think up, up till now it's miserable. So every day is miserable, you know. He just puts a lot of pressure on you. He keeps you working. And, uh, and eventually I've, I've seen so much improvement that I was shocked, you know. It's like I, I, I'm now I can move better. My ground game is spot on. Thanks to Justin Sidel we have here. He's a second-degree black belt and uh, the program is, is, is also provided by Bruno Cavallo, which is, he's a name on his own, you know, he's, he's just a brand, you know. So everything was spot on when it comes. It's not necessarily I like Chiang Mai. The city is not for me, you know, I'm more of a city boy. Mm. It's, it's, it's so calm in here, but I'm so loyal to the gym, man. The gym, the, the fighters are giving me a constant challenge every day, and I really want to drop, like we have Shannon, uh, she's uh, uh, she's a, a current uh, champion here, the stadium champion here. We have Marie, who's she's like she started Muay Thai since she was in her mom's womb, something like that. She's 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 a crazy girl, man. She's 18 years old, and I swear you, she can knock like heavyweights out. So she she's crazy. We have Carrie, who's fighting in China next uh, next month. The guy I told you about, we have Jack Farron, an undefeated amateur Muay Thai fighter, and he turned pro coming in here. And he, I think, yeah, he won his, he, he KO'd his first two uh, opponents 
and we have uh, Kiwi Jack uh, Farron, who is also a big challenge, man. The whole team, man. The whole team is, is is just awesome. You know, they they keep me under constant pressure, and that's the thing I want to to grow. Yeah, and that's all I care about. From early 2014 to late 2015, you went on an incredible streak. Everything mm -hmm. was clicking for you. What was the secret to your success at that time? Uh, I sucked, man, back in the day. Uh, I wasn't that good. I was just pure heart. One of the things that Dylan Fussell, you know, I was 2016 when I lost to Christian Tremaine. And Christian Tremaine was a team quest back in, the, back in that fight. Like Bruno Cavallo was in his corner that fight, you know. So uh, I was just pure heart, man. Uh, you couldn't just break me. You, you know, I told you, like, I was dying for three three years, you know. So for me to go in 15 minutes and fight my ass off for, for under-controlled rules that I know I'm not going to die. So it was, a, it was just like, you can't break me. So uh, all my opponents knew that about me. And going in there, you know, even in Egypt back in the day, we just, like... Even promoters was so shady. They favor guys on other guys. And I was never the favorite. I can never be uh, an ass kisser. Is that even a word? And uh, and they just like put opponents that like overweighs me by 15 and 10 pounds. And I just like KO these guys out because they just couldn't handle the pressure. I was just a good athlete. I worked hard. And I had I had a ton of ton of heart, and you can't break me mentally. But uh, I didn't focus on the on the technicality of the game, just to be in, to be like more uh, uh, sound as a fighter. So when I hit Christian Tremaine out of Team Quest, he was here a full time fighter for like about a year, year and a half. That what hit me, you know. I need a lot to work on, especially my ground game, man. The guy, he was a purple belt back in the day. I was just a white belt, and he took me down, and I didn't even know what was happening on the ground, to be honest. So, yeah. Speaking of that loss to Christian Tremaine at Full Metal Dojo 8, your winning streak was gone. For a lot of fighters, mm -hmm. you know, doubt can creep in and destroy their confidence. How did you pull yourself out of the trenches? Fuck that, bro. I, I, don't, I don't care about doubt and this. This kind of stuff doesn't even exist here, man. I just, uh, I knew I had something to work on. I came out of this fight. I shook Christian Tremaine's hand. And I was like, yeah, bro, thank you. Thank you for letting me know that my shit doesn't work. And I need to move on and work on something else better, you know? So I, I started pursuing my ground game right away. I, I, was, I was married back then and uh, I had a lot of money because I was working. So I got a, an American uh, just to a full-time coach just to try to teach me wrestling and ground game. He was a, he was a black belt as well, Jay Sukari. Uh, I got him in my corner and he started like teaching me the basics of wrestling. And uh, I had to travel, man. This guy was based in Alexandria and I was living in Cairo. And I had to travel weekly, like 600 kilometers, just back and forth, just to train with this guy. Mm -hmm. And I, I worked my ground game on, and I was planning on, uh, on moving here. And that what 
broke my marriage all of, all apart. You know, I was like, yeah, I can't be working. And Christine to teach, teach me that I wasn't, you can't be a, a part-time fighter and make it. You, you have to be dedicated to, to, to the whole fight game thing. So uh, I was a full-time, I was full-time fighter back then. And I was pursuing it with all my senses, you know, and this is when I was like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't break. I don't doubt myself as these things don't exist, man. It's just, it's all mental. You, you just need to, to pick yourself, dust yourself up and, and just move on, you know, and, and learn and be better. That's it. Oh, so you're taking the 600 kilometer drive back and mm -hmm. forth weekly mm -hmm. to train with this mm -hmm. guy. And then yeah, sometimes, sometimes mm -hmm. a few times a week. Yeah. Twice a week. Jesus Christ. That is incredible. That's dedication. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. The thing is, I thought, I think you, you, uh, you talked to Fabrice about that. We don't have a black belt in Egypt, which is fucked up, man. Like, if, if you think about it, just how come a whole country of 80 million, we're not, we're not, we're not even 80 million. We're crossing a hundred now and we don't have a single black belt in the country. So he was the only black belt back in the, back in the day. And he was living in Alexandria. He hated the politics. Everybody was like fighting him. They wanted him off the scene because they knew he was the best. So he just like went into his bubble and he said, everyone that want to come to me, you just come to me. You know, I, I'm not going to go to anyone. Sometimes I bring him back home, you know, stay for me with a week or so. But I was doing the journey weekly, man. And I was happy about it. You know, I learned a lot from this guy. Then when did you decide to pack your stuff up and go to Team Quest Thailand? As soon as my divorce finished, uh, I hit up Dylan and I told him, uh, uh, man, uh, I just, it's finally happened. I can be, can I be part of your team? And it was like, he was so welcoming, man. This, and I've told you, there's no bullshit when it comes to Dylan, you know. When, I, I remember exactly when my, my, my best friend in this, in this whole world, Fazan, uh, I think you know Fazan, He's fighting in Aspera tonight, and he's my manager as well. And he asked him, he wasn't my manager back in the day, and he asked him, what do you think of Almer back in 2016? So he said, yeah, he has heart, but he's not good enough. <laughs> so I was like a little bit scared approaching him in 2017, asking him about be being part of the team. But the guy was so welcoming. You know, He said, yeah, I want you to be part of my team. I see you're going to be a good fit. You bring on a good vibe. Just pack your shit and come here. And yeah, it's been that. It's been like that ever since, bro. I never left. How long was it until you, you know, to the point where you landed in Thailand, how long was it till you took that fight at Predator Fight Series? So I took a fight in Jan that ended up in no contest. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I'm not allowed to, 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 to discuss why it ended up in no contest until I contact my promoter. And, but then the guy, I should have rematched the guy in, uh, in June and uh, the guy just didn't make it. So they asked me, do you want to fight the champion? Mm -hmm. And uh, Juve was then on a six fight winning streak or something like that. 
And at this point, man, I was, I was training daily. We had, we had like even tougher guys from Feb. We, because we have a lot of guys that visit and, and, and go back like Gabriel D from the UFC and, and there, there was a lot of guys. So I was having my ass kicked every day, you know, in the gym. So I had like five months of training and then I decided, fuck it, man, I'll fight anybody. I just, I just want to fight. So they brought me in and Ferdy was so good. The promoter, the owner of uh, Predator, you know, he said, hey, I'm going to give you a second chance. You want to take on the, uh, the guy for the belt? And I was like, yeah, man, fuck it. Let's do it. And it was planned to be a tournament first. Like I'm going to, it's going to be a four man tournament for the belt. But uh, eventually the guy I was going to fight first, like backed out. So I had, we just had one fight and I fought for the belt and yeah. You saw what happened. Yeah, in the main event, you submitted Devaney Bacas in the first round to earn your first title. How satisfying was it to come back after so much time off and have a championship belt wrapped around your waist? Oh, man, it was, it was, it was so good, man. It, it was a – I'm going to tell you something you won't believe. It was, it's the baddest sweet thing for me, to be honest. I'm uh, – I'm a kind of guy that don't compare compare myself to to anybody in the sport. You know, I I don't say I want to be like this guy or that guy. I just I just want to be a better version of myself. Mm-hmm. So it kind of it was a bittersweet. It's an achievement getting the belt, but I was like I want to work on a lot of things. Like a lot of things that I, I didn't that fight that I didn't like, and. Uh, that's what I took off. I'm not going to reach a point in my life that I'm going to be satisfied. I think that's, that's the, the, the road that's going to take me somewhere. I'm never satisfied about anything that I get. You know, it's, it's not like being like discontent from life, but I'm always looking for something better. So I was happy about that. I lived my moments. I took some shirtless photos, you know, I looked good with the belt but that's it, bro. That's it. It's done. I want to move on to something bigger and something better. So I want to take on the next big thing. That's all I can think about right now. And that's what I love about the guys right here. They, 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 treat, they, treat, they treat us like this, you know. There's no champion here in the camp. We're all the same, you know. So we're all looking for the best next thing. That's why I'm staying here. You took a little time off after that fight. Now you're back in Thailand working hard. What? is in your future for the rest of this year? Oh, man. My, my managers now, is, I have two managers. I have Jonathan. He's a, he's a great man. He's, he's, he just he cares so much about me. And I, have my, and I have Fazan. And these guys are just, like, working their magic right now. I want to get in the big boys league, man. That's, that's, that's the plan, you know. Uh, I want to get my – I know I can take on bigger names right now. It's like uh, I'm ready, you know. But uh, if they don't get – anything like if they don't get a big name by next month or the maximum i'm gonna take another fight whatever it is you know maybe in predator maybe i defend my belt i just right now i have a knee injury i have a torn mcl because i shot like an idiot in the fight and my mcl was inflamed back then so i i had it partially torn right now so I'm nursing the injury till the end of the month and then I'm going to take whatever whatever is offered for me man I'm I'm just I want to stay active that's that's the plan you know until the big names come until this call comes 
I want to stay active. That's the plan. All right, man. Thank you for your time. And uh, we'll definitely catch up before the end of the year. Yeah, for sure, bro. I'm going to hold you on that. I love talking to you, man. You're doing an awesome job promoting the sport and promoting upcoming fighters like me that nobody knows about. And, and man, that's itself. So when you hit me up and you told me about the interview, I was like, I was, I was, I, I want Heidi. I was ecstatic, man. Like, I love your work. I've seen you talk to a lot of fighters. And uh, for me to be part of your show, it's an honor in itself. So thank you for that as well. Oh, yeah. Thank you, man, for the compliments. Kumite Radio is brought to you by Supplement Warfare. Visit their website, supplementwarfare.com.au, for the best quality supplements on the planet. Use coupon code Kumute Radio at checkout to get 10% off of all orders. If you're trying to get sexy for the summer, if you're just trying to flex on fools, visit supplementwarfare.com.au for the best supplements in the world. Use coupon code Kumute Radio at checkout to get 10% off and support the podcast.